every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Well, I'm not a crook. We have to push and shove our way through a crowd of several hundred Vietnamese. My fellow Americans, I've said on several occasions that I wouldn't comment about the recent congressional hearings on the Iran-Contra matter. Skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Immediately there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing. What difference at this point does it make? Protesters have now broken into the U.S. Capitol. This is Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network with your host Booker Scott and Lou Basada. It was only two weeks to flatten the curve. It turned into two years to flatten America. Whatever you call it, COVID, coronavirus, Wuhan virus, the China virus, the U.S. government and governments around the world shut down. It cost us trillions financially, and the mental and educational toll to our youth, it's going to take years to determine that. The inability to critically think for people around the world was on full display. In the first few months of the pandemic, the average age of COVID deaths was 80. 80 years old. The average lifespan of an American, 78. That alone should have made people question what was happening. But there was a lot more going on also. More has come out recently in emails about Lord Fauci. Yep, little Anthony Fauci is being exposed. It's been my opinion for almost three years that the Wuhan virus is and was man-made. It was done in a Wuhan bio lab. Fauci's recently released emails and his subsequent actions appear to now back that theory. Also, FBI Director Christopher Wray testified that the lab was the most likely source for the creation of the virus. You know, there was one voice back in 2020 that had the courage to come forward and speak. Dr. Li Meng Yan from Hong Kong. She came out as the Wuhan whistleblower with a warning for the world. You may remember from TV shows like Tucker Carlson back then. And just like everything else, the government propaganda machine shut her down. She's still around telling her story. And right now, she's on Our Lives in Politics. This hour is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. Survival food, seeds, camping stuff, generators. Anything you want in the store right now with your first purchase is 10% off just for using the promo code OUTLOUD at 4Patriots.com. I'm Booker Scott, and thanks so much for joining us here on the America Out Loud Network. I hope to always bring you truth and compelling guests. And I believe that's what we have in this program. Dr. Yan will join us here in a few minutes. Also in the hour, we're going to have an attorney that was largely responsible for the record number of federal judges that were confirmed during President Trump's presidency. Mike Davis has worked for several on Capitol Hill, and during those confirmations, he worked for Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. He'll join us in a few minutes. Now, let's get back to Wuhan and the Wuhan lab, Dr. Fauci, and also Senator Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky is a doctor, and he's also one of Fauci's biggest detractors. And so I think his guilt and his fear of retribution or his fear of culpability led him to perhaps the most massive cover-up in modern medical history. From the very first days, the end of January in 2020, he's exchanging emails on January 31st, 2020, emails all night long. The next day he has a video conference, and in that conference, all of the virologists are telling him they think it came from the 
the lab. And he convinces them that day, we don't know exactly how because that's been redacted, but he convinces them to change their mind and write an article for a scientific journal that then he uses to justify why this had to have come from nature. And now also federal agencies of the United States of America are verifying and saying that most likely it was the Wuhan lab in China that leaked a man-made virus. Here's Christopher Ray, director of the FBI. Uh, the FBI has for uh, quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, etc., who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. And as you just heard there, that's the FBI director, Christopher Wray. He now says that the lab leak in Wuhan was a real thing for people like me and others in this country. <laughs> from the beginning, we just knew that the bat soup idea was a little bit crazy. But you know, there was there was this doctor, Dr. Li Minyan, that had the courage to speak up three years ago about where COVID came from. Dr. Yan, welcome to the program. Thank you, Booker. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about that courage that it took for you three years ago to come out against the world. I'm, I'm the whole world was against what you were saying at the time. There were a lot of people, like I said, like me, that thought, this is whole, a whole lot more feasible than the bat soup idea. And yet you were shut down at that time three years ago. What did it take for you to come forward and say, wait a minute, this is what truly is happening? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Booker, uh, so first, uh, uh, when I decided to speak it out, I was in Hong Kong. Uh, as I always tell people that what happened in Hong Kong in 2019 totally uh make me wake up that I see how uh, cruel and evil the Chinese Communist government can be to treat their own citizens in Hong Kong just because they want a little bit freedom of democracy and uh, speech. And uh, uh, after that, when I start to investigate the uh, origin of COVID-19 on behalf of WHO, uh, my first-hand information had made me shocked. And also, uh, because I'm the virologist and also the doctor, and I work on the public health field, so I can understand the meaning of this evidence, this information. So um, at that time, until the day I decided to review it by myself, it was 17th January 2020. I remember that when I review all the evidence I have, I confirm that this is a weaponized virus come out from the CCP and the military controlled lab. And also it was designed to harm people. And if I don't let this uh, 
out. Don't let people know that they will keep uh, covering up. They will give a nature origin theory. They want me to be part of the theory to support the nature origin wet market story. And they also, uh, they don't want people know the outbreak in Wuhan is out of control. And soon after, if not stop it, it will become worse and even a huge disaster all over the world. So. I can't let myself keep silence uh, because I, I will be guilty for my whole life if I see the disaster happen, but I didn't try to prevent it. That's yeah. a, uh, the, the very simple reason uh, for me to uh, finally uh, decided to uh, deliver it to a Chinese-speaking YouTube blogger in US, Luda, in Luda Media. And uh, I spent two days and he finally got convinced by me and deliver it out on 19th January 2020, and it changed everything. There's a couple of things that you mentioned that uh, kind of jump out at me right now. First of all, you talked about the freedom of speech in Hong Kong and not having that and what the CCP government was doing there. And <laughs> it's almost ironic that you come to America and you almost get the same treatment here in America that you, you were seeing in Hong Kong and in China. Uh, yeah, it's kind of ironic. I mean, to be honest, I didn't thought, I didn't think it would be so hard when I decided to go to U.S. I thought I, when I go to U.S., I can just go to find the TV and tell them the truth. And the people definitely want the truth because they suffer from the pandemic. And the truth is it's not difficult to be verified. Basically, this sequencing evidence, like the evidence for the biopsy, I mean, uh, everyone who can read the report after finishing three to four year study, I mean, in the school, they can read, they can check, they can understand it. So, Later, what happened really um, make me feel, uh, I mean, kind of a um, little bit frustrated, of course, during the process. However, I did, I never thought about uh, give up because uh, this is not like Hong Kong, still not like Hong Kong, uh, because in Hong Kong, I would disappear already. And here, still after three years, although they uh, persecute me, uh, I mean, CCP, and also uh, those campaigns uh, suppress me, uh, discredit me, but still I'm alive. And I still can manage to find different platforms to speak out. And the people listen to me, they are not persecuted. Uh, if go back to Hong Kong, everyone can be silenced. So there is still a big difference. And uh, why it looks ironic because what we have uh, experienced in mainland China, later Hong Kong, now is so close to US. Basically, CCP and their campaign, they become so aggressive because no one get accountable even in the pandemic. That's why they have more confidence to expand and also, they have already uh, infiltrated into U.S., deeply infiltrated. So they just want to turn U.S. into the same place as uh, in China. And so that's why uh, I would say it's hard for us to do the uh, to fight back, to do something. If we keep sitting here just talking, and soon after, uh, yes, U.S. will become like Hong Kong and China. 
And that's a scary thought. I think it's a scary thought for everyone listening to this program. And it should be a scary thought for everyone in this country to even consider that the greatest country in the world, in world history, could be going down the path to socialism and even into communism where our voices are shut down. I want to I ask you, because as I remember three years ago, I, I remember watching you three years ago when all of this started. You know, I had a funny feeling about the whole COVID start of this because I was seeing videos out of China that showed apartment doors being welded shut. I saw a gentleman uh, fumigating subways and ambulances, and there were just strange videos coming out of China. And at the time, I think to myself, the only things that come out of China on video will be things that the CCP would allow to come out. So why are they allowing these particular videos to come out other than to create fear? So from the very beginning, I remember having those thoughts in in January of 20, uh, about the time frame that you mentioned a few minutes ago. So you come to America and you become the whistleblower for Wuhan. And as I recall watching you three years ago, there were some people that said you were in fear for your life or at least in danger. Did you feel that at that time? And did you take extra security measures? I'm always in danger, to be honest, but I'm not in fear. Uh, uh, I'm in danger because Chinese Communist Party tries their best to hunt me, to silence me, because I'm the witness. I can explain the gun, uh, smoking gun evidence, and uh, I still have more uh evidence which can, once it gets exposed, uh, people will definitely know this is intentionally released by People's Liberation Army and the CCP in Wuhan uh, to people. And uh, uh, I'm not at liberty to expose some of the very important evidence at this moment to public. So oh, China haunt me using even different teams, various ways, but I don't, I'm not in fear because uh, fear never helps me and c- fear cannot help everyone. Uh, as when you talk about the uh, initial videos we have seen come from Wuhan, which make people feel uh, scary of the unknown disease, mm-hmm. I don't know uh, why those uh, videos all come out. However, I do know some of these videos are real. And uh, that's why uh, at that time from December to January, the, when the outbreak happened in Wuhan, it is out of control. And Chinese Communist Party released it in Wuhan, in the community to infect some targets, some people, but it doesn't mean they want it out of control in Wuhan. And so there is a difference. And why is it finally, uh, uh, at the end of December, early January, we can see some video, especially January, because it spread and with high transmissibility among people. But CCP clearly don't want others know there was unknown virus, uh, virus spreading in Wuhan because once people start to notice Wuhan, people will notice Wuhan lab and people will start to question lab origin. However, if they can manage to keep silence and even tell WHO to help them telling uh, President Trump telling American people that, oh, nothing happened, uh, just uh, uh, no human-to-human transmission, don't worry. Then they can manage to secretly 
spread the virus all over the world. They take advantage of this unexpected outbreak. Even their people die, it's okay. They don't mind. And uh, so that's why at that time, some video, what I can tell you is uh, taken by some brave Chinese people. They first, uh, they don't know what happened. And also some uh, someone want to uh, investigate. And uh, another reason is at that time, the control is not that strict because uh, like this video, the real video can be only one in thousand, one in hundred happened in Wuhan. But because the, uh, Website is internet was not controlled so strict. Still, they can manage to release a little bit. However, after that, you see during zero COVID policy period, have you ever seen such video come from Xinjiang? Xinjiang was locked for over hundred days, and still until now, Xinjiang is on under very strict control. You never seen this kind of video from Xinjiang because CCP improved. They now can control it much better. They punish the people who do that, and also they establish the new law, including biosafety law. The biosafety means no whistleblower, no leakage of their secret. And so that's why uh, initially some video can help you to understand the disaster in Wuhan. But of course, there would be something um, uh, mislead people also. It always happens. So that's my answer. So there is real video at the beginning. And then as time went along, the CCP had greater control over what we were seeing and what we weren't seeing. That makes yes. some sense. Now to you, do you feel a sense of that vindication and verification at this point as more and more American agencies are saying, you know what? This came from the lab. It wasn't bat soup. Does that give you vindication? I know it will be vindicated finally. And uh, uh, even even it spends three years to vindicate lab origin. That is a little bit long for me, uh, according to my uh, thought in the beginning. But anyway, it's a good thing. It's milestone. And uh, the good thing is also including that FBI Director Ray has told Fox News recently that it's incident from the CCP government totally controlled lab. And also he said it's well designed to kill millions. So this actually implied a lot. I don't think your uh, intelligence agency only uh, end at this level uh, because uh, this is actually the beginning of the investigation. I would say that uh, I have talked to many IC uh, people, including FBI, and the evidence I provide already beyond the simple lab leak. It definitely pointed to the normal bow weapon, which I define as unrestricted bow weapon, and also CCP's uh, intentional release. And also, um, I would say that now the IC uh, have seen the public opinion change, and also they have seen the pressure from the Congress uh, to pursue the investigation of COVID-19. You mentioned that it was uh, released on purpose, that COVID was released to the world on purpose by the Chinese government. And you recently made news because you came out and said that again. Are you 100% sure that COVID was released by yes. the Chinese government? And have you seen evidence yes, to back 100%. that up? Yes, 100%. And I want to ask seen, a question. I, I have seen evidence. And oh, I have 
I have evidence, and uh, I also I'm the virologist working in such high level lab using coronavirus after the outbreak. I can tell you, no matter based on evidence or based on my experience, there is no way SARS-CoV-2 can come out uh, without people's attention and then spread and cause such big outbreak and even pandemic. So you're saying it's it's impossible to get out of that lab unless someone wanted it to get out of that lab. To get out the lab, if you mean that when people talk about accident, you mean uh, yes. we talk about that, it usually means uh, like the staff who's working on that get infected or his colleague get infected. No matter what type of occasion, it can be controlled very well. So it won't, it will never cause the outbreak. Wuhan is a big city with 10 million people, such big outbreak in Wuhan. And CCP government helped control Wuhan lab work well. I mean, they even not suspend it and still let it working on the virus and no one in the Wuhan Institute, as I know, get infected altogether. And plus the evidence I can't expose at this moment to public, no way, 100%. This is no way accidentally leaked. So it was intentionally done yes. To, yes. to make the world sick and to make people across this world die. They brought it up, definitely have their purpose. You should uh, know that when we talk about that, this virus is weapon, okay? It's not a common virus. So you have never seen CCP accidentally leak the nuclear weapon and cause a big disaster, right? So how could yeah. they let this kind of weaponized virus leak that cause a problem and still try to cover up? No, they have their special purpose to conduct such uh, task to brought it out of the lab and release it into the community with people. And uh, what I can say now, uh, we finally need to get answer from CCP and People's Liberation Army, from Xi Jinping, he directed it uh, by himself. Uh, we need to ask them what's the specific purpose you have to do it. But what we know is that this already caused a huge disaster and killed millions now. Do you think that that time will ever come? Are we ever going to get the CCP in China to actually be forthcoming? We have to. I mean, we have no choice. People are talking about we don't want to fight against China. Maybe they can compensate. Maybe they can open the lab, let us investigate. It won't happen until you end the Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping's regime thoroughly, because they are like the killers, okay? They have killed millions, and then they realize you're already aware of that. And before you do any action to hold them accountable, they will keep uh, harming you until you have no capacity to fight back. That's their thinking, mafia, terrorism, and even worse thinking, very evil. But sadly, this is a fact. Dr. Li Meng Yan is my guest on Our Lives in Politics. And we're talking about the origins of COVID. And uh, she was the whistleblower from Wuhan in China, actually from Hong Kong three years ago. From Hong Kong. From Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so let's get to the origins of coronavirus, the one that we have dealt with for three years. There are many different types of coronaviruses. I'm not a doctor. I'm not that smart. I, I try to dumb 
dumb things down for people so people can understand it. The origins of this virus, I recall reading that parts of it were developed at Fort Detrick in America and then sent to Wuhan. Do you know that to be a fact or is that just some type of conspiracy no, theory? No, that's misinformation. Okay, Definitely thank you. Definitely 100%. Okay, I can good. tell you because this... Uh, uh, because first, uh, this virus is derived 100% sure based on the va- bad coronavirus captured by CCP's military scientists from East China. Uh, they have spent decades, uh, CCP scientists uh, working with military look for the novel uh, zoonotic virus, which can potentially be changed to uh, to be the bow weapon. And this is one of the successful virus they found from bat. They got it in 2015 to 2017, and then found, oh, great, this is a great one, we can change it. And then they steal the technology from U.S. They also managed to cheat you uh, together, taxpayers' money from NIH. Of course, uh, among these People, they are compromised scientists who keep silence, uh, choose to help China for their benefits, like Fauci or uh, Ralph Barrick, Peter Daszak. And finally, uh, CCP get whatever they want, and then they uh, study and they develop this bioweapon in their labs and release it from Wuhan. Why we know something about for uh, Detrick? Because this is one of... Uh, one type of CCP's propaganda. They know there are compromised American scientists involved. So they just want to derive more lies based on that to convince people this is American's bioweapon. Then CCP can escape. People will only be angry against America. Uh, Dr. Yan, uh, you mentioned Dr. Fauci, Peter Daszak, and this goes back to EcoHealth. And the money that the NIH through Dr. Fauci was given to uh, Echo Health for the gain of function. And so you can confirm for us that American money went to help develop coronavirus. Of course, I'm well. I think I'm the first scientist to write it in the report. I wrote it in Yen report and telling public that your money came to China to spawn this, uh, spawn this kind of bioweapon program. However, I want to let American people know that uh, first, without your money, CCP still will do the same thing. Just they are too greedy, and also you to get your grant uh, have better, uh, have a bigger. Uh, Meaning because uh, because they can use this way to tie themselves closely with NIH scientists and other uh, authorities. And also now in U.S. still there are identified scientists who is leading in the coronavirus field, helping CCP to develop COVID-19, become chair of the research center in like University of Minnesota and in other universities, still receiving millions of ground working on the uh, virus and helping China. But this is widely ignored. And I really hope people can focus on these issues too. So what you're saying is that through the relationship with NIH and Fauci and Daszak and others, they, they didn't need them. But by giving the money and having that relationship, they then have some type of control and manipulation over them. Exactly. And, and That's why this pro-CCP campaign will help. 
help CCP to promote nature origin theory and praise CCP. And now we have we have China that has infiltrated every college and university in this country, the smartest institutions. They're completely infiltrated by so many Chinese. You know, what is the answer? Do you have an answer for this? I know earlier, a few minutes ago, you said we've had, we have to fight back. What does that look like? How do we fight this back? Okay, you ha- if you have watched the drama that Game of the Zone, and then oh, yeah. you will see that there is a king of night, the king of the zombies, right? So when the king of zombies there, king of night there, he always can turn the people become zombies. A zombie seems uh, immortal. And then once you kill the king of night, every zombie just gone because no support behind them. That's basically the tactic of CCP's people's war. If you don't end that regime and now it's very high concentrated power in Xi Jinping's hand. If you don't end Xi Jinping regime and the CCP, then they will always turn people, no matter Chinese or Americans, become their zombie because they have national power to threaten you, to um, seduce you, to cheat you, to kidnap you. all the ways they can do. However, if you end that, if you stop them to doing it in U.S. Or, or, and also all over the world, they have nothing to keep going on. And just end them like how you end Bin Laden for 911. I mean, there are more people that much more than in 911 in the pandemic. Is there anyone behind Xi that can come in and continue things as they are? Or is the support of the Chinese people enough for freedom and liberty that it could change the entire world? We always need people's power. Uh, in America, people has power because you have the freedom endorsed by God and your constitution. And also you can own gun. This is very important. And also you, uh, you have this kind of separation of power. All of this guarantee people's voice can be heard. And in China, we don't have any of this. We should know that we Chinese people and American people have to fight together. You don't understand the Chinese culture. So when CCP and Xi Jinping use this very subtle, unrestricted tactics against you, you don't understand that. You think you have spent three years to figure out, oh, we are cheated by China. So that's why we need to work together. And then uh, we can, if only, I mean, remove Xi Jinping, still cannot solve the whole problem. Xi Jinping and the CCP organization together, because uh, communist China uh, is a uh, based on the Leninist organization, which strictly control people. So both this kind of organization, this style, and Xi Jinping has to be have to be ended. If not, there will always be new Xi Jinping come out from such evil organization. Dr. Yen, thank you for your courage and thank you for what you have done for the entire world. And I'm so thankful that you finally got your vindication after three years. And I'm so happy that you're continuing the fight. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out to bring us the truth. Thank you, Brooke. It's my honor to join you. I don't know if you've heard, but national security experts are now warning that our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. January marked the third time a power station in North Carolina was damaged by gunfire. Authorities are saying the attack, quote, raises a new level of threat. 
Authorities are now checking our grid for vulnerabilities. And you know what? They have identified nine key substations. If these substations are attacked, power could be knocked out from coast to coast for up to 18 months. Think about that. A blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen in time at that very moment. Lights all over the country would go out, throwing people into complete darkness. That's why having your own portable solar power right now is more important than ever. With the Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house. It's quick, easy, portable, on the go, or even inside. It's small. It's about the size of a lunchbox. Only 8 pounds. But it's powerful. Powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, or even that mini fridge. It comes with a free solar panel and free shipping and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. And not only that, but you can get 10% off your first purchase by typing the code OUTLOUD at checkout. Just go to 4 Use the code OUTLOUD to get 10% off your first purchase of the Patriot Power Sidekick or anything else in the store. That's 4 Use the code OUTLOUD. More of Our Lives and Politics is coming up next on the America Out Loud Network. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait. We wash our nose? Yes. The number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. 
That's xlear.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Our Lives and Politics on the America Out Loud Network. I'm Booker Scott, your host for this hour, and we're going to move into a different direction right now. I think one of the things that President Trump accomplished that he doesn't get enough credit for are all the judges that were nominated and then subsequently confirmed to seats across this country and three of them in the Supreme Court. And the guy behind that, I mentioned earlier at the start of this hour that we were going to have this attorney that was behind this, but I I really didn't really set him up correctly because he was the chief counsel for nominations to the Senate Judiciary Chairman, Chuck Grassley. And I believe that if we had 100 Chuck Grassleys in the Senate, that this country would be a completely different place. Uh, This gentleman's name is Mike Davis. He is the president and founder of the Article 3 Project. Mike, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Thank you for having me on, Booker. I mentioned Trump's, maybe it's unsung, maybe it's forgotten, but that was fantastic work that you and, and let's, let's really give credit to Mitch McConnell. You know, Mitch McConnell, sometimes people get frustrated with him. Maybe he's not the cheerleader that people would like to see in a leader. But one thing he can do is tactically, he can get people through a nomination process and through a confirmation. As you said, I worked for, uh, I was uh, the chief counsel for nominations to then chairman Chuck Grassley on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And I frankly went into the Senate very skeptical of Mitch McConnell. And I got to work with him very closely for uh, for nearly two years. And I saw that on the Kavanaugh confirmation, along with the lower federal judges, it was that key partnership between uh, between Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley that got the job done. We would not have confirmed Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Barrett, a record number of circuit court judges. We would not have transformed the federal judiciary for President Trump if it were not for Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley and their uh, their leadership and, frankly, their steadiness and their result. So you think it's fair that McConnell gets the praise for that part of his job? Absolutely. I don't think Chuck Grassley gets enough credit, but I certainly think that Mitch McConnell deserves the credit he gets because it was McConnell, it was Grassley were the key instrumental figures who transformed the federal judiciary for President Trump. And 234 judges were confirmed during the four years, which is an incredible number. And, and of course, the, the predecessors of uh, Trump, they left some seats open, so it made it pretty easy, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's that was what Chuck Grassley did. Chuck Grassley, as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, said he was going to hold off on filling uh, Justice Scalia's seat until after the presidential election, and that was key. That's how President Trump came from behind and won an upset victory 
and we we were able to uh, get my former boss Neil Gorsuch confirmed to the Supreme Court and save, frankly, the republic. If we would have lost the Scalia seat to the left, we would have lost our country. It was it would have been game over. You know, sometimes as we sit back in armchair quarterback from our couches across the country, and we see so many court cases that don't work out the way that we think they should. And then we wonder, are these judges actually working the way we thought they would? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, these these judges that who President Trump has appointed are constitutionalist, and they've done a very good job, particularly at the Supreme Court and the circuit court level. They're going to make mistakes from time to time. My former boss, Justice Gorsuch, uh, is, is, you know, they're, they are lifetime appointed. They are paper-tacted. They're, they're supposed to be politically insulated. They're humans. They make mistakes. Um, but overall, I think President Trump's biggest accomplishment, most consequential accomplishment of his first term was his transformation of the Supreme Court and the lower federal courts. And remember, it's the judge's job to follow what the law says and not what he wants the law to be. And there is a process, obviously, for changing the law, and people get involved, you know, from your local government to the state government to the federal government to make those things happen in changing the laws. But it does it does seem that some laws are just being ignored, and it seems that this administration, the Biden administration, seems to be taking almost every chance and taking it to the Supreme Court. Well, yeah, I mean, we have seen this, and that's been the biggest disappointment with Attorney General Merrick Garland. Frankly, when Biden picked Attorney General Merrick Garland, I was kind of quietly like reassured, like, okay, he picked this former federal judge, someone who's respected, who's this adult. I have been stunned at how bad Merrick Garland has been as the attorney general. And the the first couple picks that Garland made to be his deputies were eye-opening to me. He picked Mm -hmm. Benita Gupta to be his associate attorney general, general or his number three to run the civil side of the Department of Justice as opposed to the criminal side. And then he also picked Kristen Clark to be his head of the Civil Rights Division. I worked with Vanita and Kristen on judicial nominations when I was on the Senate Judiciary Committee. These are left-wing radical activists. You can't get more left-wing than Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark. And I was stunned that Attorney General Merrick Garland picked them to put them in such key justice department slots because they are radical left-wing activists and that's what uh, we we, and we've seen this play out of the justice department where they have politicized and weaponized the justice department to go after trump trump's top age trump supporters while they give amnesty and they coddle biden biden's slimy corrupt family and his supporters it's amazing to me that if you're a christian praying outside of an abortion clinic they throw the book at you in Kristen clark's uh, civil rights division but if you are a an abortion industry activist uh firebombing catholic churches and crisis pregnancy centers and terrorizing supreme court justices in their homes all federal crimes nothing happens it's just it's all the way down the line they'll go after president trump president trump's top aides for you know whether it's classified documents that president trump had the absolute right to have under the presidential records act when he left the white house and took them to the office of the of the former president of mar-a-lago an office he used while he was president so it's completely secure office yet they they want to launch investigations and try to take out Trump. And then Biden has classified documents himself. And, you know, they cover it up for two months. It's unbelievable how this, how Attorney General Merrick Garland has politicized and weaponized the Justice Department. And frankly, 
This is my complaint about House Judiciary Committee Jim Jordan. He needs to get moving on this weaponization committee. It is a critically important committee. And we, here we are four months after the midterm elections when he knew we were going to win power. And two months after he got that, the gavel handed to him, where the heck is this weaponization committee? Why That's aren't great. they subpoenaing? Why, why aren't they having hearings? What what the heck are they doing? It's a great I mean, point. The problem yeah. is, is, the problem is, is they, they, Compared to the January 6th committee, January 6th had an $18 million budget and 100 staffers. Uh, the Weaponization Committee has five staffers that Jim Jordan uses for the full committee, so they're busier than heck working on every other issue that the House Judiciary Committee is working on. They're not focused on the Weaponization Select Subcommittee. Jim Jordan's trying to run both, and he's not running either successful. They have a $2 million budget instead of an $18 million budget for January 6th. They need to staff this thing up immediately and get moving. This is too important for our country for Jim Jordan to go be a performance performance artist on Fox News and not get anything done. We cannot have a Benghazi 2.0. And some of my fear about Jim Jordan, as I have been watching him, by the way, I think he's great. I love the guy. But one thing I have noticed about him in the last year to year and a half is that it seems like he is a, an incredible historian about being able to recall everything that has happened the last two to three years. And he's great at putting that information across, as you said, on Fox News and other places. But now what is he doing? And I, I'm not seeing enough. I'm watching hearings. And it doesn't seem like there's a cohesive way to get through these hearings. It seems like each congressperson is getting those video sound bites that they can put out on social media to make uh, to make their hits. And it doesn't seem like it's really going anywhere, specifically uh, the James Comer hearing that I've been paying attention to. And it, that has been disappointing. Let's go back to Merrick Garland a minute, because you said something interesting that has me thinking. Deep down inside, you had a level of hope that Merrick Garland as attorney general could be fair. But now you see that he is micromanaging every part of it. And we see this uh, two-tier justice system coming from the attorney general and from the Department of Justice and FBI. So do you think that is all Merrick Garland or is there someone like a Susan Rice or someone else in the Biden administration that has told him this is what we want to accomplish? Well, that's a very good question. You have to you have to wonder if it's coming directly from President Biden or from Susan Rice or from someone else in the uh, in the Biden White House. Uh, You you've seen look at at the, the, the Biden Justice Department. It's Attorney General Merrick Garland's the number one. Lisa Monaco's the number two. She's a yep. she's a, she's the Deputy Attorney General who's supposed to run the criminal side, and Lisa Monaco, or excuse me, and uh, Vanita Gupta is supposed to run the civil side. And then you have people like Kristen Clark. It is it is a completely politicized and weaponized Justice Department, and they don't even make any bones about it whatsoever. You have very clear evidence that the FBI's Washington field office, uh, several other field offices, and their their counter-espionage and counterintelligence components have been corrupted by with politics. 
what the heck has he done about it? What what has he done about this? What why why is there not something done about this? We know that at Maine Justice, the National Security Division is hopelessly corrupted by deep state snakes. They're the ones who went after President Trump for the for the Mar-a-Lago on the Mar-a-Lago raid for documents he was allowed to have under the Presidential Records Act. But how did Chris Ray allow the FBI to become this corrupted. Why has he not fixed it? That's a question that the weaponization committee in the House, if Jim Jordan would actually get get it up and moving with a dedicated staff, uh, that's these are the types of critical questions that could be asked. And what needs to happen is Jim Jordan needs to stop going on Fox News and sending silly letters and and stop doing and stop you know just spitting out what other people have already done in the past he needs to start issuing subpoenas immediately subpoena people to come into staff de- staff depositions have his staff grill them uh with these uh with these videotaped depositions these transcribed depositions and then set up hearings and you're right there doesn't seem to be a strategy because the strategy is whatever can get jim jordan headlines that day you know, it's it's very frustrating as we look at, uh, I think it was about a year ago, right, when the memo came uh, from the Department of Justice about the parents at school board meetings and that whole mess with the NEA writing a letter and the White House putting the pressure on the DOJ and the DOJ sends a memo to treat these people as domestic terrorists, just parents going to school board meetings to try to make a difference in their kid's life. Yeah, or Christians praying, uh, you know, praying in abortion clinics, parents going to school board meetings. They, I mean, it, look, they're go, they're come, they they are coming after us. They, this is like Marxism 101. They have taken over every institution in America, big tech, big media, our government, even our law enforcement and military, and they are going to turn it against us. We are we are already seeing it. Like we are, we are. We are frogs in a boiling pot, and we need to realize that it's boiling, right? That's why this House Weaponization Committee is so important. You cannot have a country survive if its intel and law enforcement agencies have been politicized and weaponized. That That is the end of America as a republic if this does not stop immediately. That's why it's so critical that Jim Jordan take this weaponization committee seriously. He should he should not have been chairing this thing himself. It's a select committee. He's too busy running the House Judiciary Committee. He has a thousand other things going on. He should have appointed a select committee chairman, and they have a designated staff director, chief counsel, a bunch of lawyers and staff that's designated just to these issues. And instead, he's trying to run this thing himself with five staffers, just five staffers that he uses on the full judiciary committee. And he's he's outmanned and outgunned. I heard that Jim Jordan didn't want to have a designated staff for this select committee because he didn't want to give Democrats staff. Well, okay, well, Democrats already have staff. They already have thousands of staffers. They're called FBI agents and CIA agents and the law, the mm-hmm. broader law enforcement and intel community. We are out. We are outmanned and outgunned. We are going to get destroyed as a country if we do not stop the weaponization of the FBI, the Justice Department, the CIA, DNI, the broader intel and, and law enforcement agencies. And when it comes to the Democrats, it seems like their greatest strategy is lawfare and guys like Mark Elias out in front of everything. Where where are conservative attorneys? That, that's a very good question. I think what I think happens is, too, I mean, I'll be very candid here. I think too much of the money 
on the right is monopolized by Leonard Leo. He controls almost all the money on the right, and he's just not red pilled. He's not going to spend the money on where the money needs to be spent to hire these street fighting lawyers and other warriors to fight back. And so, you know, if, if, if Leonard can't raise money and, and, you know, put it on TV ads so we can line his pocket, he's not going to do it. And so that's the problem, right? The money on the, the right is monopolized by Leonard Leo and the money on the left, they, you know, they get George Soros money. They get a lot of money from a lot of different places. You saw this with Southern Poverty Law Center. They have a half, a half billion dollars in their endowment and they are organized and they're savage. We're not. Earlier in when I opened this hour, I talked about how they make us election deniers, COVID deniers, January 6th deniers. They have this narrative and they have this playbook and they go through it over and over and over again. Tucker Carlson recently released some of the 40,000 hours of January 6th, quote, insurrectionists, unquote. And, you know, I didn't have much hope that it was going to change anything for the people that really it needed to change. And now it has come out and we have people like Mitch McConnell. And I know that recently on social media, while you agree with Mitch McConnell on most things, you did disagree with his stance in what he said about the January 6th tapes coming out with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Mitch McConnell. I went to war with him on judges. I don't agree with him on everything, but I defend him quite a bit. I'm not going to defend him on this. Tucker Carl Carlson released tapes that clearly showed that Jacob Chansley Hornman uh, was innocent. They had police officers walking him to the Senate floor, opening up doors for him, and he went on and took selfies on the Senate floor. And then the Biden Justice Department charged him with some sort of being like the face of this non-insurrection insurrection. It was a it was a protest that got out of control and turned to a it turned into a riot. It was not an insurrection. Evidenced by Jacob Chansley going to the Senate floor quietly, peacefully, taking selfies on the Senate floor and not burning down the place. Insurrectionists, would, once they get to a nation's capital, insurrectionists would burn down the Capitol. They wouldn't take selfies and have police escort them around and walk out the Capitol. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. And for Mitch McConnell to criticize Tucker Carlson for doing his job as a journalist and showing that the insurrection was a hoax. It wasn't an insurrection. It was a protest that got out of control and turned into a riot. And to criticize that is just baffling to me. And it shows that he needs to get more in touch with America in the real world. This, th There was evidence that Jacob Chansley was railroaded. There is very clear evidence. It's, it's actually indisputable that Jacob Chansley's attorneys did not get this exculpatory video from the Biden Justice Department before they prosecuted him and had him plead guilty to felonies back in September of 2021. And he was sentenced to 41 months in prison. There's no chance that if a judge and jury saw that Tucker played, that they would have sent him, they would have convicted him of any crime, any felony that that would have sent him to jail for 41 months. Trespassing, maybe. 30 days in jail, maybe. But 41 months when police are escorting this misguided, mentally ill goofball around the Senate, like, give me a break. And I just, 
look, I agree with Mitch McConnell on a lot of things, not everything. I defend him constantly. I'm not defending him on this one. And the leader of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, is out on the uh, Senate floor and also all over television just trying to completely censor Tucker Carlson by getting Fox News to have it taken down, which is completely bizarre that the First Amendment would just be run over by the leader of the Senate. And, you know, we had Joseph McBride on this program a few weeks ago. It was right after Richard Bigo Barnett was found guilty. And he mentioned that he is keeping some bullets in the chamber because of the way that the judicial system is in those Washington, D.C. courts. It's stacked against them. So he's hoping that the appeals will work better than going before a jury of 95 percent Democrats in those. Is that a strategy that can work for these people? It's not going to work because the D.C. circuit's just as bad as the D.C. district court. And that's the problem, right? We have a D.C. district court where it is stacked with left-wing radical judges for the Democrat picks by Obama and Biden. And the Republican picks are these weak, stupid, easily manipulated judges. Not all of them on either side. There are some fair judges on both sides. But it tends to be hardcore left-wing partisan Democrats and weak, stupid, easily manipulated Republicans. And we saw that with, uh, you know, Judge Royce Lamberth, a Republican-appointed judge. I like Judge, judge Lamberth. I know him personally. But he got completely duped when he sentenced. He went along with in, this insurrection political narrative, false insurrection political narrative, went along with the hysteria and sentenced Jacob Chansley to 41 months in prison for being a mentally ill goofball, a performance artist. I always say that I think the reason the senators were so mad about Jacob Chansley is because those hundred senators are the only people who they think should be performance artists on the Senate floor, (laughs) not some misguided goofball. I think that's a great way to end this half hour. We've been visiting with Mike Davis. He is the president of the Article 3 Project and was so instrumental in getting so many federal judges passed under President Trump. Mike, thank you for coming and thank you for your work. I appreciate it. And so to Senate Republicans, stop being bedwetters and start growing backbones. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics with your host, Booker Scott and Lou Basada. 